0: Welcome to the City of Refuge podcast, where our mission is to equip a diverse community of Christ followers to make him known. Well, good morning, church. Let's open in a word of prayer. Lord, we're reminded today that we are free. Once we were in darkness, but now you have brought us to your wonderful light. Once we were not your people, now you've made us your people. Lord, this morning as we delve into your word more than ever, we need your Holy Spirit to reveal more of you to our hearts. Remind us, convict us, speak to us this morning. We are your people. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This morning we're going to... uh, um, look into Psalm 34 together. And so I'd like to start by uh, reading this psalm together. Let's, uh, let's read together. And um, there's, about, there's more than 20 verses, and uh, we don't need to be in a rush. We can enjoy this psalm as we read it together. Okay, let's begin. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. O magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord. He answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant. Their faces shall never be ashamed. This poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles angel the lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them O oh, taste and see that the lord is good blessed is the man who takes refuge in him O oh, fear the lord you his saints for those who fear him have no lack the young lions suffer want and hunger but those who seek the lord lack no good thing come O oh children listen to me I will teach you the fear of the Lord what man is there who desires life and loves many days that he may see good keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit turn away from evil and do good seek peace and pursue it the eyes of the Lord are towards the righteous and his ears toward their cry The face of the Lord is against those who do evil to cut off the memory of them from the earth. When the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. He keeps all his bones not one of them is broken affliction will slay the wicked and those who hate the righteous will be condemned the lord redeems the life of his servants none of those who take refuge in him will be condemned Bless the reading of his word so as you know psalm 34 is part of the book of the psalms and the psalms were meant to be sung We didn't sing them this morning, but you can maybe imagine them being sung in a song. Psalm 3420 also contains a prophecy uh, that was later fulfilled by Jesus, that his bones would not be broken. In the side notes, uh, which we saw in the first slide, this psalm, it mentions that this is a psalm of David. And David begins the psalm with a verse. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will continually be in my mouth. I mean, there's a lot that we read through, but just to stop there and think about this psalm. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will continually be in my mouth. For someone to have to preach on this verse, one would have to try it before telling telling their congregation, we should do this. (laughs) And so this was my challenge, and I failed horribly. (laughs) Blessing the Lord at all times. His praise will continually be in my mouth. Well, what does blessing the Lord mean? It means to praise, exalt, and worship the Lord. In church, I would say that for us to continue studying this psalm, it wouldn't be right for all of us to have not tried to praise him at all times, to bless the Lord at all times, and for his praise to continually be on our mouths. So to start off this morning, I just wanna bring you into this psalm by doing this together. And so thank you uh, for this slide. Again, it's the last two lines. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. We're gonna take a moment to actually experience this and the way we're going to do this is I'm going to split our congregation up into three groups. This group here on your right, when I point to you, I would like you to simply to, to, to say, I will bless the Lord. That's your part. I will bless the Lord. Can we do that together? I will bless the Lord. This side, congregation, left side, you've got an easy job. Just three words at all times. Can we do that together? At all times. All right, let's try this. I will bless the Lord at all times. Okay, so there's one third part. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. That's for people at home. You got the long part. You always get stuck with it when you're virtual. All right, so people at home, I'm looking at you. Let's do this together. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Okay. I, I trust that we got that. So let's do this a couple times. Uh, a few times, I'm gonna be directing traffic. Uh, watch me, because it's like Simon says. I'm not gonna, you know, it's not gonna exactly follow. Hey, okay, so let's try this. I, I will bless, bless the Lord, Lord at all. T- oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, I'm out. Okay, let's try. <laughs> I did not practice this at all. Let's try that again. I, I will bless, bless the Lord. Lord at all times. Okay. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. At all times, I, I will bless, bless the Lord. The Lord. and his praise shall continually be in my mouth okay I'm, just going, I'm going to stop there so I don't embarrass myself again <laughs> but there it is that this continual thinking of this psalm proclaiming of this psalm is is, is, is where David starts us off in Psalm 34 1 that, we will, that he wants to bless the Lord at all times that the, his praise is continually in his mouth And this continual uh, uh, praise of God is very good. It's actually, like Chris was talking about this morning, it's it's a picture of heaven. In heaven, as shown by Revelation 5, this praise of God goes on and on. And when we praise the Lord at all times, or when even when we attempt to, there's a moment when heaven is touching earth, that what we see here on earth in the dreariness and the distress that we sometimes go through is invaded by heaven, that heaven, We get a picture of praising the Lord at all times. So here's a practical application moment. We have a lot of notifications in our lives. Would you consider setting a phone notification maybe once an hour to say, I will bless the Lord at all times. And taking that moment when we remember to just say, to to, to just remember who God is. Say something about his character. Thank him for, for who he is. There's a lot of competition on our devices And it's okay to have at least one pop-up, that's God, saying, hey, time to, let's bless the Lord at all times. Now, as you imagine David singing this psalm and praising God and encouraging those around him to praise God, I want us to consider his situation as he writes this psalm, because actually David is in great distress. This is indirectly mentioned in the side notes. Uh, The first two lines that you can see on the screen here of David when he changed his behavior before Abimelech so that he drove him out and he went away. What, what is this story about? Well, this story is recorded in 1 Samuel 20 to 22. And the main point here is that David is, is in the middle of a very, very dark time. And I want to tell you a little bit more about his situation because it really brings out the context behind which he says, I will bless the Lord at all times. You see, at, at this time, David, when he wrote this, was probably a fugitive. He was on the run. He hadn't done anything wrong. He was actually following the Lord, and because the Lord had blessed him so much, he became much, much more successful than his boss, who happened to be king, Saul. Saul became jealous and wanted to kill David. And Saul was the king of Israel, which meant that now the whole army was after David. And so David was surrounded by conflict. And to add to this, David's best friend was the king's son, Jonathan. They were closer than brothers. And David had just said goodbye to Jonathan, maybe possibly forever. They were so close that before they parted, they swore a friendship between each other's family forever. Have you ever had to say goodbye to a dear friend? As David was on the run for his life, these goodbyes were probably weighing on his heart as well. David was in such a desperate situation that he had no food. He went into the temple to get holy bread to eat. He was desperate for safety. He was insecure. During his flight, David went to another king, and that's the name Abimelech here. Also also called Ashish, king of Gath. But David quickly realized as he sought refuge with this king that he was seen to be a threat. You see, David was a heroic warrior. And so as soon as David realized this, he realized he was in big trouble. He had sought refuge in the wrong place. And 1 Samuel 21:13 says that he acted, started to act crazy. He started to scratch the doors of the city gate. He started to drool from his mouth. Even though this worked and eventually the king uh, let him go, this could not have felt good for a heroic warrior and soldier. David was once the star player on his team and now he was, had totally lost all respect. He was mocked, he was laughed at, he was sent away like someone worthless. And having been sent away in this ridicule, David took shelter, it says in 1 Samuel 22, in the cave of Adullam. There David formed a new army, but they weren't anything like Israel's finest soldiers that he had commanded earlier. 1 Samuel 22 says that all who were in distress or in debt or were discontented gathered around David, and he became their commander. About 400 men were with him. Can you imagine that? Your captain of this army, everyone who was around him, was in distress, in debt, or somehow discontented. It was during these dark times that David composed this psalm and said, I will bless the Lord at all times. This is a good reminder for us today that whatever situation we find ourselves in good or bad that we need to continue to have God's praise in our mouths but the key verse I want to focus in on for today the rest of today's message is Psalm 34 8 and this here David sings taste and see that the Lord is good blessed is the one who takes refuge in him Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in Him. Taste is something that makes life worth living for, right? During COVID, I hope this didn't happen to you, but I know some people that it did happen to. Some of us lost our ability to taste. And at that moment, we probably realized how important taste was in our lives not just for enjoying a meal, but maybe even for cooking. For fish, and and you may know that I I enjoy fishing, if you're a catfish fisherman, you know that taste is important too. Because catfish like to taste so much, and the bait that we have is so smelly because they love taste, that catfish, their entire body is actually covered by taste receptors. But what does, what does it mean to taste and see that the Lord is good? Tasting is special because it allows us to experience something more deeply than words can express. So tasting is, is, is special because it allows us to experience something much more intimately than, than an Instagram photo. Then a description by words, then even the smell itself. And just to show you what I mean, I have some simple examples. I'm gonna name some foods here, and I want to ask if anyone would offer me a couple words to describe the experience of that taste, okay. So, here's a few. I've got a few on this list. If it looks like you're getting bored, I'll stop. Okay. <laughs> Here's my first one. The best, taste- the best Texas barbecue you've ever had. Describe. Tender. Sm- Tender. Succulent. Succulent. Smoky. Tangy. Tangy. So I'm pretty new in Texas here, and we experienced Texas barbecue after we moved here. Those words are definitely spot on, but they wouldn't have helped me when I first came here to know exactly what Texas barbecue was. Second one, I know I've got some help here, because I see some people from Southeast Asia. Durian, king of the fruits. Describe. Stinky, stinky. Fragrant. Very diplomatic. Anyone else? Unique. I asked someone before the message, uh, before church started and they also said creamy. So uh, my dad really liked durian and it's disgusting. (laughs) Don't try it. But you won't know it, you won't know it unless you actually try it. And if you've tried it, you will know that you've had durian, king of the fruits. Okay, sushi. Sushi. Refreshing. Refreshing. Light. Huh? Light cold and squidgy anyone here (laughs) all right you're kind of getting the idea a couple more your mama's cooking delicious Delicious. (laughs) 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 all right spicy spicy where i heard some other words (laughs) huh (laughs) comfort comfort exactly comfort all right and then i got one for john Ngege because i know he preached on it Chick-fil-A spicy chicken deluxe. (laughs) Heavenly! Heavenly. All right, heavenly. All right, so there we get we get the idea, okay? If you haven't, actually, John, after you preach on that, I don't remember what you preached on, but I did go for the burger afterwards. (laughs) That's awful, okay? That's, but I admit that. But if you haven't tried some of these foods. If you haven't tried some of these foods, it doesn't matter what we say about it. These are just words. Words do not replace actually tasting and seeing. Amen? Amen. Taste and see that the Lord is good. This is a call to experience God's goodness for ourselves. To get away from the theoretical and into the actual. Tasting is a deeply personal experience. It really has no substitute. But... What are we specifically called to taste here? The key is the second part of Psalm 34, uh, 34, 8. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. Other translations, instead of using the word refuge, will say to find safety in him, to put our trust in him, to depend on him that's what we are being called to taste and see here that's what we are called to be uh, to experience here the more that we allow ourselves to trust and to depend to seek refuge on God the more we will taste God's goodness so to give a simple example and some would ask for a concrete example Some of you know that I work as a professor at UH. Unfortunately, some of you are even in my class at UH. (laughs) And this week at work, on the research side of my work, I was faced with paying a large bill for lab services that I didn't expect. It was probably the, the largest bill I'd ever received for lab services, and I didn't have any money budgeted for it. Well, what happened was that we asked another lab to partner together with us on a project. I do research, and some of that involves lab work. We wrote a document to tell our lab partners what we plan to do and why, and we were very careful at the end of this proposal. We said that this is the part we're gonna do, this is how much we're gonna pay, and this is what you're gonna do. Uh, This is what your lab is gonna do. And so uh, we wrote all this down, we sent it to the lab, And very surprisingly, they got back to us right away and said, yep, let's do this. So I was like, wow, they really love us. (laughs) They really love us and they're willing to partner with us. We're gonna pay this money to get it going and then they're gonna do the lab work. So I sent one of the, the students, or one of the researchers in my group to do this work in August. And then this week, got this big bill for the lab services. I thought it was a mistake, so I checked with their lab head. And they said very simply, no, that's what we charge. you got 30 days to pay. And so I started to feel that sense, you know, when that heaviness, that kind of, uh uh-oh, now what? And so it was helpful that I was working on this sermon over this time. And Psalm 34, 6 says, This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. <laughs> all right. So here was like tasting and seeing right in front of my face. I meditated towards this. This poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all this trouble. Uh, I did feel poor. And as I prayed and, 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 and tried to hold on to this promise, I grew in confidence that the Lord heard me and would somehow find a way. And as I prayed... I felt the Lord remind me of another pot of research money I had that I had been carefully saving. Um, You know, if you're someone who manages a lot of budgets, there's different budgets, and money. Most money is not flexible. You know, if you got budget to buy red staplers, you can't go and buy blue staplers with the money. But this pot of money was special. It was a tiny pot of money, uh, well enough, and it was something that could be spent on anything. And for a professor, that kind of money. Is gold. And I had kind of put it away. I never even just considered that I had that money. And the Lord reminded me about it. But I was hesitant because this was my rainy day, my rainy rainy day fund. The fund that that I'd set aside to feel secure. It was like my security blanket. I knew if I used it, I would be vulnerable. It was gonna be gone. And for me, as I began to press into this, I realized that tasting and seeing the Lord's goodness in my situation meant trusting him that if I used this money for this unexpected bill, he was gonna keep providing for me. Well, after a few days of hesitation, I finally paid the bill on Friday, and I definitely had some mixed feelings as I did it, but there was a sense of a burden lifted and a new opportunity to experience God's goodness in my future. Well, church, sometimes we have no choice but to depend on God, like in David's situation. But other times, like in my story, we need to make some difficult decisions to take refuge in God, to trust on, to trust him and depend on him. And either way, the calling here is to taste and see that the Lord is good. Now, there's a word here also for those who have seen the the Lord's table set out before them, but have not tasted and eaten. A few weeks ago, uh, Brother Daka preached on Psalm 23, and one of the verses was that he prepares a table in the presence of my enemies. He prepares a table in the presence of my enemies. Now, there's a lot of culture and history behind why this is important. And what I'll just really simply say is that in Chinese culture, if you host somebody, a guest of honor, you put them in the seat that is farthest from the entrance of the restaurant. You put them on the seat by the wall, facing the the rest of the restaurant. And I believe that that is simply for safety's sake, that your guest can see everything that's going on. The host has the worst seat, they sit with their back to the front entrance of the restaurant. It's the most insecure place. Psalm 23 says, God has prepared a table for us in the presence of our enemies. This meal is set out for us, but my question is, will we go and have a seat at the table? There are times that we don't actually even go sit at the table. We, maybe we get an Instagram photo. Look at this spread, okay? Will we sit down at the table? Matthew 7 gives us an illustration about food to encourage us about God's goodness. Jesus says, Which one of you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? If his son asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good gifts? Good things to those who ask. Now this verse is about asking. And there's something about asking the Lord that puts us at a seat at his table. Tasting and seeing, part of tasting and seeing the Lord's goodness is asking, is asking in prayer. And I wanted to take a moment just to pause and think about that part. And there's one other short word, as we talk about tasting and seeing, that is about protecting our spiritual appetites. We all know that with real food, even your mama's cooking, that it's possible to ruin one's appetite, right? There's, we know all the ways, (coughs) snacking. I'm around people who cook a lot, And they're very protective about their meals. When they're preparing that food, if they see people snacking, it's like, get away, I've got something better for you. But we need to protect our spiritual appetites. Because if we don't have a spiritual appetite, we will not want to taste and see the meal that God is fixing for us. For me, during the writing of this sermon... It meant deleting a video game that I'd been enjoying over the summer. But I realized, and my children realized, that it was starting to distract me in more ways than one. If we see our desire for spiritual things start to wane, we may need to make bold decisions in order to taste and see the Lord's goodness. Uh, Brother Stephen Drea preached last uh, last week from Psalm 107. And one of the verses says, for he satisfies the longing soul, and the hungry soul he fills with good things. Part of the equation of being filled is having a longing soul, is being hungry. And there may be things in our lives that we do that interfere with our spiritual appetite that we may need to address. So to close this morning, I want to allow some time for us to personally reflect. Today we've heard a call to taste and see that the Lord is good by making him our refuge, by growing in our trust and dependence on the Lord. Is there an area of our lives that we need to make God our refuge so that we can taste and see the Lord's goodness? This morning we've heard that some of us need to sit down at the table. The Lord has prepared something for us. We need to ask. We need to seek. We need to knock. And we need to know how good God is, how much more our Father in heaven will, good, will give good things to those who ask. And for some, maybe this reflection will bring up areas that we are harming our own spiritual appetites. God wants to satisfy our longing soul, he wants to fill our hungry soul with good things. But maybe we're distracting ourselves from that appetite. So, church, what we're going to do now is just simply take a couple minutes in silence, and then I will close ourselves, or, or close us in prayer. So, I invite us now to, if you like, close your eyes, or just sit back, and we'll take a quiet moment here to dwell Oh Lord, you have invited us to your table this morning. You've invited us to taste and see your goodness. You've invited us to experience in ways that words cannot describe the blessing when we take refuge in you, when we depend on you. Lord, we declare this morning you are 1,000% trustworthy. Even when we are faithless, you are faithful. Your love is steadfast. If we are far from you, we know that as far as the east is from the west, that's how far you've removed our sins from us. As a companion, As a father has compassion on his children, the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. Lord, this morning, you've reminded us that you've prepared a great banquet. And there's nothing that satisfies more than your presence your fellowship. And maybe we've been unfaithful. Maybe we have not come to dine at the table of the king. you are loving to those that you have made. You are gracious and you are kind. You call us to take shelter under the shadow of your wings. Like David, Lord, we want to have a heart to bless you at all times. We want your praise to be continually on our mouths. So, Lord, we, your people, come before you this morning. And we just say, we come, Lord. We come to your table. We come to taste and see. Do the things that you do, Lord. We want more of you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.